50 yards away from field goal territory. A step up by Wilson. Deep man is open! It's caught by Simon! Oh, yeah, He's taking the 40! The Cut 35, back, 30, 30, 25, 20, 50! You gotta hustle! Snap, hold, kick on its way. Money. It is through for three! Jake the make does it again! Snap, Zach. Handoff, Tyson to the 5 push, 4 push, 3. Push. Pilots pushing, pushing, yeah. pushing, pushing, pushing. He gets to the he's goal in. line. He's in. No signal. He's in. They mark him short, but he's touchdown, in the end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown. They yeah, signal baby. touchdown. He got in, and the Cougars win. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, Here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Station is live after a Rocky Top revival. Wow. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Indeed, a happy Monday, September 9th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with my longtime friend, although... He's a guy who did have Zach Wilson try and hit me in the head with the football in pregame, Jerem Jordan. Good to know Zach got the text. So before the game, you're just minding your own business, and a Zach Wilson pass goes over Jaron Hall's head, which is hard to do. He's a center fielder and almost (laughs) hits you. And, uh, yeah, if that would have hit you in the back of the head, that would have done some serious damage, dude. That thing was coming in hot. Oh, my gosh. It took out both of the lights. Yeah, it damaged our lights. We're sending the invoice over to BYU football. <laughs> I asked Zach about it in the post game, and he's like, "Oh, we'll, we'll get to that." Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll t- okay. Well, you'll hear we, it. That's right. Yeah. We are going there. Oh, yeah. I, I felt the air go past the <laughs> the hair on my ears. It, <laughs> a, a hospital visit also passed by. Oh my goodness! Wow. Thanks for that, Zach. All, all <laughs> good, my, man. You got my text. What a show for you all today. Another Maddich Monday. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on what BYU's win over Tennessee means for the Cougars and what USC as a ranked team will bring to Provo. Plus, reaction to Nick Emery's commentary on Twitter over the weekend. Many of you have asked us to respond. We shall do so today. Plus, Zach Wilson's postgame interview with me at Neyland. Why half the team didn't even know what was happening on the 64-yard pass to Micah Simon. And don't forget... How you can win a signed Kalani Satake BYU helmet with those fantastic chrome royal trimmings. Oh, that's nice. Like we said. We're not eligible. I'm sad. It is a loaded, loaded show. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football stuns Tennessee. 29-26 in double overtime at historic Neyland Stadium. Micah Simon catching a 64-yard pass that no BYU fan will ever forget with under 15 seconds to play to set up BYU for the game-tying field goal. And on to overtime. Tyson Williams scored two touchdowns, including the game winner for a walk-off in Knoxville. The celebration still continues, but not for much longer, at least for the team, because BYU takes on the newly ranked number 24 USC Trojans at home. Game set for 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific on ABC. And we found out the Washington game ESPN has announced will be a 3.30 kick Eastern time, 12.30 Pacific on either ABC, ESPN, or ESPN2. That means the first four games will all be nationally televised, one of the big three, if you will, ABC, ESPN, or ESPN2, in pretty good time slots. A Thursday night, albeit late, and then uh, 
7 Eastern Tennessee, and then after they're not in the afternoons. Well, now they are. Back-to-back right? afternoon awesome. games and a true primetime game in Tennessee, right? Yeah, true primetime, exactly. Cougars in the NFL. Fred Warner led the Niners with nine tackles and a forced fumble in a 14-point win over the Buccaneers. Bronson Kafusi had a tackle. Harvey Longy had a pass deflection in a 17-16 Jets loss to the Bills. And Kyle Van Noy missed the season opener for the Patriots. Big win over the Steelers. Due to his wife, Marissa, going into labor about an hour and a half before kickoff, Trey Legend Van Noy was born. Everyone's doing well, apparently. Congratulations to the Van Noy. Yeah, fantastic. He sent out uh, a tweet and then hashtag it, we still won. (laughs) Classic Kyle. KBN does it again. BYU basketball coach Mark Pope announces the BYU men's hoops non-conference schedule as of Friday. The Cougars will open their season at home on November 5th against Cal State Fullerton. The non-con schedule features seven regular season home opponents, three games at the Maui Invitational, two road games at Houston and Boise State, and two games at Vivint Smart Home Arena in Salt Lake City. Yuli Chad's first game back, by the way. Utah! Utah. Yep. And number 10, BYU Women's Soccer took down Utah, 2-0 on Friday night. Elise Flake had the game winner in the 20th minute. Sarah Jane Affleck up for Flake. Elise Flake, the senior, gets to her right foot. Cameron Tucker also scored to extend BYU's lead over to the Utes uh, to 2-0. Sabrina Davis, four saves, including two in a row to prevent an equalizer in the first half. Big-time matchup Thursday night. Top 15 teams, BYU and Texas A&M on BYU TV. Let's go. BYU has outscored their opponents a combined 12-1 in their four victories. And the one was a PK, so they've yet to allow one in the run of play. Woo-hoo-hoo. Not bad. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Unbelievable. Incredulous. Just, I still can't believe it happened. But BYU beats Tennessee 29-26 in double overtime. BYU almost lost that game like five different times. But they find a way. So many important plays. Jeremy, in your mind, what was the biggest play in that borderline miraculous win at Rocky Top? Oh, it was, no, it was miraculous. When BYU is in a third and six and Zach Wilson's throwing a pass with 14 seconds left, it required a miracle. And that miracle was Micah Simon's 64-yarder. This is one of the biggest plays, best plays, in the last decade for BYU football. Simon catches the ball, and he's not going to make it. He's got to go down. He told you after the game on the BYU TV postgame show that he looked up at the clock and went down, and then Jake Ice Coldroy, Jake the Meg, Jake Goldroy, whatever you want to call him, who was nails, by the way, makes the field goal, goes to OT, some big plays in that one with Talon Shumway's touchdown, obviously with the Aleva Hefo reverse, with the Tyson Williams uh, muscles his way into the end zone with the O-line, but no play was bigger than that one, the Simon TD, because Micah Simon saved the game. He may have saved the season if we want to get real dramatic, because if BYU wins one of the next two, that would be awesome. BYU at least got Tennessee, and it was a miracle, a miracle that that play happened when it did. BYU has no timeouts. They are screwed <laughs> if they don't get 30 or 40 yards at least on this play, and they got 64. Oh. How about that? By the way, Micah Simon, 7 for 127, the game of his life. Seven targets, seven catches. 100%. Love Incredible it. stuff. Yes, the biggest play of the game, the one that everybody will remember and should remember, is that 64-yard miracle to Micah Simon. But that play never happens unless my pick 
for the technically biggest play in this double overtime win happens. And it was a defensive play by an offensive player for BYU. Matt Bushman had to break up an interception on that very drive to even make it so that BYU would have an opportunity to complete the pass. The game's over if the ball is intercepted with under a minute to play. It's done. Like, there's no miracle at Rocky Top. So Matt Bushman makes a play to bail out Zach Wilson, and then the drive stays alive, and voila, 64 yards to Micah Simon. Jake Oldroyd makes another kick, barely. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Did everyone think he missed it or what? Because the Tennessee Ooh. fans in that, on that side of the field goal post thought he missed it. They, they were like, oh, nope, missed it. Slid it in. Once you saw underneath the field goal post, that angle was like, oh, he made it. He made it. Ooh. But oh, I was listening on BYU radio in one ear while I watched, and it was like four seconds ahead, which is kind of a weird experience. Now, now look at this. Oh, did it right did, did make top. it? And then you look under right here. Nailed it. Oh, my gosh. And, and how about Riley Nelson just says money <laughs> on the right field? Like, no doubt. Jake is so good right now, by the way. Four punts, oh. averaged 50. Incredible. There was this picture from BYU photo that The Rock said, Jake Swoldroid. <laughs> His last name is the perfect last name for nicknames, by the way. <laughs> just so good. And, and BYU goes into OT. Listen, BYU stunk on offense. In regulation, scored 16 points. That's normally not going to be good enough to win. But you got to overtime. That was the point. Talon Shumway touchdown. And then when Tennessee in the second overtime gets the field goal, you just have the feeling BYU's going to win it. BYU's going to win it. They had all of the momentum. And the first play, great play call. Aleva Hifo around the corner. BYU's inside the 10. It's like, oh, this thing's over, man. As soon as Micah Simon gets tackled, I just took a long look around the stadium. And the expressions on all the Tennessee fans, something I'll never forget. Just like they kind of feel like BYU does against Utah, but just in general, like there's no way that Tennessee can lose this game. Right. And then they kind of find a way to lose the game. Like I <laughs> BYU's doing what they did to Texas again in 2019 yes. to Tennessee to that program. Right. Oh, just a devastating loss. This is crazy. Topic two. What should the Wilson to Simon play be called? In BYU history. Let's come up with a name. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to go with the Micah Miracle because that's the, the one, that one that came to mind immediately. And I said to Mitch Matthews before the game, hey, you're in the stadium. We need some Matthews magic. Can you Four bring it? Four years and two days. Yes. To the day Can of you the bring Mangum it? Miracle. We don't, we don't call it the Matthews Miracle. We call it the Mangum Miracle. Or the Miracle at Memorial. We never give Mitch his, his no, uh, credit there. The Matthews magic. And so he shows up and right after the game ended, he's like, yeah, baby, I told you, Matthews magic. Le- left-handed. Let's make yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny. Love it. Uh, I like the I like the Mike and Miracle. What do you have for this? Simon says win. Okay. Simon says, yeah. It's just uh, I just think we need to use Simon says whatever you want to call it. it I mean, th- this is one of the best plays in a in a big game. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna we're gonna find out the Tennessee stinks right in, in the future. I, it's not gonna matter. Okay. All BYU it's fans are going to root so hard for Tennessee this season. Yeah. But yeah, who knows? I, I think they sing. I, by the way, I'm, I'm wearing the Nashville Alumni Chapter T-shirt that we got. Um, and, and by the way, we'll get to this later. You could argue the MVP of the whole game was the crowd. Oh. The, one, 10 to 13,000 fans yeah. in a true road game. That's incredible. 
Also, the fact that everyone was in royal is a key point here. It was so easy to spot where the BYU fans were. Amidst the orange. They were all synced up. They looked great. They were loud. I mean, on that last play, it is loud. You were there. You heard it. It was amazing. It was incredible. And they didn't go anywhere. Like They, they were there before the game at the tailgate. We'll show you some imagery uh, later. They were there after waiting for the team to come out of the locker room. It was unbelievable. The Micah miracle sets up something that BYU fans will never forget. It, you'll, you'll remember where you were when you were watching this game, whether it was in person or on TV. Like it's you'll, classic, you'll baby. never forget. Oh, absolutely. This play, Simon says yes. Simon it's an says instant win. classic. And you probably got to go back to the Manga miracle to think of a play that even comes close to this, right? Yes, and there was a picture from BYU Photo that came out where you can see Kalani Satake's eyes are the size of grapefruits. Micah Simon is focused. He's looking. The sideline is, like, anxious when this ball's in the air. Great throw by Zach Wilson, by the way. He, he could have easily missed on that throw. And pro- Micah protects the ball. Here's the picture. Look at the sideline right here. Micah's eyes are so big. Kalani's hands are out. Kalani's such a fan. I, I love that part of it. <laughs> Bronco Mendenhall was, like, the Terminator, right? Kalani Satake is, like, the fa- he represents the fans, right? He gets frustrated. He gets mad. This picture is fantastic from BYU Photo as the ball's in the air and it's about to come into the, the arms of Micah Simon. I, I can hear Sarah McLaughlin in the arms of the angel right now <laughs> as that ball descends from heaven softly. And how about Lisa Wilson praying, you know? <laughs> and that was representative of everyone. She's like, I never prayed for a win. She's praying for the individual. I don't care if you pray for a win or not. You can pray for what you want to pray for. It's all good. Oh, the imagery. So good. It's so loaded. We could spend like an entire week just talking about all of the individual storylines that came out of we this might. game. We might. BYU does play USC, who's now ranked. Good grief. This week. Okay, simply, Jerem, BYU's now 1-1. One and one, yep. But what else does the win against Tennessee mean for BYU football? There's a lot. Let's, let's talk about it immediately. BYU wins another Power 5 road game. That's the fourth in four years. BYU continues to go on the road and win some big games, right? Zach Wilson's first Power 5 win, by the way. We've talked about how he hadn't played a ton and hadn't won one yet. Uh, lost twice to Utah. Now he has a win. That's great. BYU avoids 0-2 for the first time since 95. Uh, BYU avoids the 0-4 start. 2-2 is possible we'll see in the first four confidence and juice going into two big home games now usc's 2-0 with good wins against fresno state and stanford uh and then washington comes in at one and one beat eastern washington lost to cal by one cal has given washington a hard time that was a like three hour delay in seattle that game was on at like 12 30 or 1 a.m i was still watching because i was just so juiced from the game still so those are some of what it means to me yeah, it means that BYU will at least hit the mark of what they usually do against Power 5 teams, which is they win 40% of the games they have against the Power 5. One in three, I know, technically is 33%, but they've done it. We, we said this. Some way, somehow. Well, well, one in three would be 25%, right? Well, one win in the four? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. one in four. Okay. Yeah. Well, the, the thing Hopefully is. Hopefully they well, get two, and then they're on the high side of that. Right. The, the thing is. We said BYU will find a way to win one of these Power 5 games. Yeah, I, I felt confident that BYU would get one. 
Yeah. If BYU can't get one, then uh, the season's wrecked. Right? Like it just it just happens because some people were like after they lost to Utah, oh BYU's going zero and four. Like, it well, just happens. BYU's one incompletion to Micah Simon. I know. You know what I mean? Like I know, that, that's it, the margin here. It's wild. It the odds would suggest that it just sometimes things ha- like it typically happens that BYU will win at least one of these. And BYU wins Power Five road games. This is their only one this year, and they won it. How about that? How good is Tennessee? I don't know. Oh, no, I, I think, think, they, I think they lost to Georgia State. They stink. They'll probably finish like four and eight, you know, something like that. That's bad. Per, but per, BYU per won the norm, it. they'll yeah. beat somebody that they shouldn't beat. Like they'll have like this amazing SEC win against somebody. Well, good. You better have one good game. But Let's then go. you lose to Georgia State and you lose a heartbreaker to BYU. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know what Tennessee is, but. At this point, we don't care. For BYU, <laughs> it gives them, and I think this is huge. Positive mojo yes. coming home. Very different feeling. If BYU oh. was 0-2 today, it'd be Graham Reaper, man. Knowing that 24th-ranked USC is coming in after they absolutely destroyed good. Stanford. BYU can't beat USC in a shootout, by the way. We'll get to it. I, I, don't, I don't see it. Emotionally, all levels of BYU benefit from this win in a huge yes. way. We'll they ta- needed this. We'll talk to Trevor Maddish about how does BYU hang with USC, right? Because Keaton Slovis, uh, the backup quarterback who's now the starter, uh, 83% completion percentage through a game and a half. I don't care who you are, what level you're playing at. If BYU was playing FCS teams and they did that, I'd be like, wow, it's incredible. And that group of receivers was the best position group outside of Utah's D-line, in my opinion, that BYU will face this year. Utah ranked so number good. 11 right now. Good for them. I forgot about that. Washington number 23, USC number 24, Boise State number 25. Four ranked teams on the BYU schedule right now. Who does Washington play this week? I don't know. Because will they will they come in ranked uh, to play BYU is the question. And they play Hawaii, <laughs> who's 2-0. And, yes, Washington will be. Although Hawaii's won two. Against the Pac-12. Yes. And Nick Rolovich tweeted a picture of the Rose Bowl logo. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hey, if they beat Washington, then, then oh, you should probably tweet that again. If they beat Washington, it's different than being in Arizona. And I can't remember the other yeah. team they played last week. Our question of the day. Where does the Zach Wilson to Micah Simon play rank among the great BYU football plays. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Troy Brown chimes in on Facebook. It's up there. Fourth and 18 versus Utah. Taysom Hill's rush against Texas. Mangum's miracle. Beck to Harleen and now Wilson to Simon. Only thing that would make it better is if he ran for the touchdown. Well, I don't think he could have um, because... It would have been risky with how much time wasn't left, right? There were, what, five seconds, six seconds when he, when he went down? Seven, maybe? So he's got to make a choice, and he told you. He looked up, and he saw the time and that they were on his back. So he went as far as he could, got down, make the field goal, and you're good. So that was a smart play. Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and, of course, McMahon to Brown. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> to, to, to me mentioned. it's not like it, – to me it's not in the top five all time. To me it's like top – 35 or something. We'd have to figure it out. In Independence, it's like probably top five. Uh, Hawaii beat Oregon State, who just stinks as well. Yes. Coming up, reaction to Nick Emery's incendiary tweet Friday night. And it's another Maddich Monday. What does he think the win for BYU means to the Cougars program? And what kind of a shot does BYU have against USC? We'll discuss it all next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
Coming up after BYU Sports Nation, it's Coordinator's Corner on BYU TV as Elias Tuiaki and Ed Lamb discuss the Cougar win at Tennessee and preview the matchup with USC this Saturday. It's coming up right after us, top of the hour on BYU TV. Live from the studio, Bizzle, your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play continues. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. It is a winning Monday, and it feels fantastic. Joining us now for a winning Monday, and specifically a Maddich Monday, is ESPN College football insider, expert, and analyst Trevor Maddich. Trevor, nice to have you on the program after a win. How about that? Wow. And I tell you, for that game, I thought we were going to have a, a – a dirge of misery on this call. But wow, what a what a difference 64 yards down the right sideline makes. Man, I'm calling it the Rocky Top Revival featuring the Micah Miracle. What does that win for BYU mean? Uh, well, I tell you, it validates all the hard work. It means they have momentum now heading into two more really tough games. It means that the pressure is off at least for a week, the players and the coaches, and it means that everybody – Players, coaches, and fans can enjoy football for at least a week. What was the play of the game for you? Well, the play of the game was the the Mike Miracle that you're talking about, the 64-yard <laughs> play. The thing is, the passing game had struggled. Everything had really struggled for much of the game. And all of a sudden, in the final minute, BYU needs a play, and Tennessee busts the coverage. Zach Wilson sees it. And he hits Simon down the right side. And, by the way, it was a good design because they put Matt Bushman in the slot and sent him vertical as well. And the defense thought that that's where the ball was going to go. And so I think that was where part of the confusion was. And that's one of the reasons Simon was able to break into the clear. But you've got to credit Zach Wilson for seeing it and hitting the right guy with a, with a good, accurate pass. And that play, that play, you know, it would have been better if he would have scored because it just would have been a, probably a better story. But it turned out that that play is what enabled all that followed to happen. With under 20 seconds to play, BYU had a 0.4% chance of winning according to ESPN's metrics. So where does the win against Tennessee rank among the list of unbelievable BYU football wins? Well, I don't know. You can go back to Tanner Mangum and uh, uh, the Nebraska Hail Mary, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I mean it's, it's up there with that because the thing that makes it so emotionally satisfying is that it wasn't a game that BYU controlled the whole way. It wasn't even a fair fight, it seemed, the whole way. Tennessee kind of controlled that game. But in the end, out of the depths of despair came flocks of seagulls to eat the locusts. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a miracle of that magnitude, but it sure feels really good because there did not seem to be hope. You already scored 16 points in regulation, so there was some concern offensively, right? 12 against Utah, one kind of after the game was out of hand down 30-6. to six. But when BYU ties the game with Jake Goldroad, who, by the way, uses his pitching wedge and slides it inside the uprights, it looked like it was uh, he missed it, he makes it. All of a sudden, it felt like momentum turned in that moment, and then BYU scores two touchdowns in overtime to win. Did you feel like the Simon play changed the game in that regard, or did it take some execution in overtime? No, everything took execution. There, it wasn't just that. And by the way, on that on that PAT or on that field goal, um, and really a little bit of both. They're paying the count. I think I think what what Oldroy did was before the game, he went out there and greased up that upright so that ball <laughs> could slide by it, man. Because I didn't feel like it was that close. Uh, but it was execution, and and one of the things that that dawned on me as 
the the just euphoria of the victory kind of started to subside a little bit was how BYU got relatively stronger late in the fourth quarter and then into into overtime. Now, this is Tennessee, right? So you've still got some heat and humidity. It's a different climate from 4,000 feet high in the Mountain West. And you would think that the Volunteers would have the edge as the game wore on. And if you're going into two overtimes, you'd think physically they were more accustomed to that environment than BYU would be. And yet, when they got into those critical moments at the end of the fourth quarter and then in overtime, BYU was the one who rose up and relatively became stronger during that period. And I think the game-winning touchdown is a great example. I mean, they had it stacked up at about the two- or three-yard line, and it just became a fight. It was a fight. It was no longer football at that point. It was just who could push harder. And BYU pushed harder in the second overtime on the Tennessee Volunteers' home field in their home climate. And that is a testament, not just to the desire of the players, because these players always play hard. BYU always plays hard. But to their preparation and their conditioning. Because no matter how much you want it, if you don't have enough left in the tank, you're not going to make a push like that. And BYU did. And so those are some things that really, really stood out. ESPN's Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation, another Maddich Monday. So many storylines emerging from this game. The son of the SEC, Tyson Williams, returns to Neyland Stadium. He used to be at South Carolina and carries the Cougars to victory, over 90 yards rushing on 17 carries. People were clamoring for him to get more of the ball. Is this something that you expect to see, at least 20 touches a game for the rest of the season, Trevor? Absolutely. I mean, he had 17 carries, averaged five and a half yards per carry. And I think that and he had three catches, by the way. And that, to me, is, is even more interesting because teams will try to stack up the line because BYU's offensive line is one of the better groups in the country. They think they've got at least three guys that will end up in the NFL at some point. But teams can take that away if they stack it up. And the fact that they threw the ball to the running backs a little more here than they did against Utah I think was important. But Tyson Williams ran like an SEC running back. I mean, he stuck his nose in there and just powered through piles. He was not afraid of contact, not that anybody else is afraid, but, but he seemed to really relish slamming up into the teeth of an SEC defense and then driving the pile. And that attitude carries over to everybody else, you know, and it inspires everybody else. And so it's not just the yards that he got, it was the attitude that he spread it's pretty awesome that Tyson Williams was the one to do it, too. The SEC guy who had been there, who had done that literally in that stadium. He sprints down and, and acknowledges his family and all the BYU fans. It was just such a cool moment. Who else aren't we talking about in terms of heroes and MVPs from that game, Trevor? You know, I, I go to the defensive side because the Tennessee offense did a lot of good things, but BYU's defense made enough plays to keep it in range for those things to happen in the fourth quarter to get it to overtime. And I think Kavika Fanua is a name that was mentioned a lot that made key plays. I mean, key plays, third down plays where they complete a ball in the, in the flat and he'd have to sprint over there and then execute and complete an open field tackle to keep the, the offense from uh, getting yards after the catch and then converting that first down. Fanua was fantastic. Isaiah Kafusi, you expect him to do it. He's a Kafusi. Kafusis are supposed to be supermen. Uh, but Isaiah Kafusi had a phenomenal, 
phenomenal game as well. And, you know, in the middle, we talk about Kairos Tonga a lot, and he's just a beast to try to move out of there. But what really impressed me, what, I looked at his stat line. He, he had four total tackles, including one solo tackle and a tackle for loss. The thing is, nose guards aren't supposed to make tackles. They're supposed to make piles. And the fact that he didn't just make piles, but he came off and finished plays as well, tells you that he had a dominating game also. So I think these guys on defense tend to get lost in the flash of some of the big offensive plays. But starting with Fanua and moving on to his teammates, boy, I tell you, it was a, it was a really gritty, gutty defensive performance. BYU National Champion, ESPN College Football Insider Trevor Maddich on BYU Sports Nation. I thought Georgia State was rock bottom for Tennessee, but I'm starting to wonder, Trevor, that it might not be. You live in Tennessee. You have a better idea than most. What did BYU's win collectively do to the volunteer fan base? Well, it took rock bottom and took a jackhammer to that bottom and sunk it deeper. They... The fan base for Tennessee has been talking about Georgia State being one of the worst losses in in their history. And then they thought they'd be able to whip BYU. And really, the fact that that they were in control, even though the scoreboard didn't reflect it, physically they seemed to be in control for large stretches of that game. The fact that they let BYU hang around and then they snatched what Tennessee fans thought would be a comeback victory away from them in the second overtime by being more physical on the game-winning touchdown run, that, that was a, a really bad way for those Tennessee fans to have to see that game end. And I'll tell you, they, you know, BYU is a better team than I think Tennessee fans realize. Uh, but so this, we, as, as losses go, you know, th- this, this is a good BYU team. If Tennessee would have held on to win, it would have been a quality win by Tennessee. But I don't think their fans think that because, you know, they want Bama. They'll tell you, you know, until Bama <laughs> shows up and after about four minutes of the first quarter, then they don't want Bama anymore that year. But, you know, I think that Tennessee fans, man, they're just, they're in a bad way right now. Now BYU plays USC on national TV, ABC, 3.30 Eastern, at home this Saturday. Keaton Slovis leading the country uh, after uh, a game and a half of play uh, when JT Daniels goes uh, off with the torn ACL in completion percentage at 89%, which is crazy. USC is fast. They have great receivers. What do you think of the matchup with the Cougars and the Trojans this Saturday? This is a matchup that BYU needs to win old school. I mean, they have to go back to 1978, Michigan, Ohio State, three yards of a cloud of dust. Because the advantage that USC has had over the last several years when at times they've struggled in other ways has been their receivers. They've got tall, fast guys. I mean, I mean, four three guys, four four, that are six two to six four and taller all over the field. And using the air raid offense with Graham Harrell now being the offensive coordinator, they maximize that advantage by getting all of those guys on the field at the same time. And so when you've got a true freshman quarterback that's able to maximize that and, and light up the Stanford defense and light up. You know, defenses. BYU has to be ready to not just try to keep up with that, but to keep it off the field. Now, the advantage BYU has, I think, is that with their offensive line, the front seven of USC is not what it has been when USC has been their best. I mean, it's not that they're bad, they're okay, they're pretty good. This is a ranked team this year or this week. But I think that BYU is going to need to run the ball between the tackles a lot and gas that Trojan defense early so that they can take over in the second half and keep the keep those receivers on the sideline. Because if it becomes a track meet, I think USC would have the advantage. 
24th ranked USC in Provo this weekend. Trevor, it's great to catch up with you, man. We appreciate the insight as always. All right. Thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why. We show how. Coming up, why did Zach Wilson throw a ball at Spencer's head (laughs) on Saturday? Plus, former BYU basketball player Nick Emery making headlines over the weekend. Many of you have asked us to respond to this. We'll do so next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Join us tomorrow night for BYU Football with Kalani Satake at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific on the BYU TV app as Coach Satake and Micah Simon discuss the Tennessee game and preview the matchup with USC. Reserve your seats on BYUcougars.com slash Satake Show. Welcome back to the Rocky Top Revival Show featuring Simon Says Win and the Micah Miracle and Jake Ice Coldroid and Tyson Williams return to the SEC. What Loaded a, show. What a, yeah, just crazy. So many storylines from that one. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football stuns the Volunteers 29-26 in double overtime at historic Neyland Stadium. Micah Simon catching a 64-yard pass with under 15 seconds to play to set up a game-tying field goal and then on to overtime. Tyson Williams scored two touchdowns, including the game winner with his entire offensive line for the walk-off in Knoxville. The celebration continues, yes, but not for much longer because BYU takes on newly ranked Number 24 USC at home this Saturday, 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific on ABC. Also looking ahead to the Washington game, ESPN has announced that the Cougars and Huskies will kick at 3.30 Eastern on either ABC, ESPN, or ESPN2. Love it. Love the early games. Awesome. Cougars in the NFL. Fred Warner led the 49ers with nine tackles and a forced fumble and a 31-17 win over the Bucks. Bronson Kafusi had a tackle, and Harvey Longy had a pass deflection in a 17-16 Jets loss to the Bills. Mark Pope, BYU men's basketball coach, announcing the non-conference schedule on Friday. BYU opened the season at home on November 5th against Cal State Fullerton. The non-con schedule features seven regular season home opponents, three games at the Maui Invitational, two road games at Houston and Boise State, and two games at Vivint Smart Home Arena, home of the Utah Jazz in Salt Lake City. And number 10, BYU women's soccer took down Utah 2-0 on Friday night. Elise Flake had the game winner in the 20th minute. Cameron Tucker also scored. BYU won 2-0. Sabrina Davis, four saves for the Cougars. Big-time matchup Thursday night on BYU TV. Texas A&M and BYU both in the top 15. Many of you have tweeted at us about a headline that emerged over the weekend when it came to Nick Emery and his response to a basketball recruit who announced BYU had made his final four cut. Emery tweeted the following, and I quote, honest tweet to the to the player. You would be playing with some of the greatest dudes and have great teammates at BYU, but playing for those coaches would be an absolute disaster. They are not what they portray and are super sketchy and dishonest. Good luck with the decision, bro. End quote. After a BYU Twitter storm at Emory, that tweet along with a few others were deleted on Saturday morning. Emory then tweeted out the following, Jerem, if you will. Twitter, I was hacked by Antonio Brown last night. Super sorry. Kidding. In reality, I just love basketball and I have some things to work out to get to a peaceful place again. I'll grow up. Thanks for holding me accountable. It's working. Much love to Cougar Nation. Okay, Jerem, now that you've seen both sides of this, what is your reaction on Monday to Nick's multiple tweets over the weekend? It's certainly not a great look. Perhaps burned bridges, if not the bridge, with BYU to fans and obviously that coaching staff. Some Something happened with him and the coaching staff that was not explained, and he's chosen not to uh, explain that. Perhaps he'd be more justified in... And if he did and it was understood, but he's kept that quiet. I respect that. I, I, 
it just feels weird to use the following words. Absolute disaster, sketchy, and dishonest. That's pretty frank, right, with this situation. And uh, obviously Nick has had some troubles off the field. He's talked about mental health. Um, You want to be sensitive to this situation uh, with him right here, but it's not a good look. Uh, I think in this situation he probably would have been better spent not saying it at all, but he has the right to say it if he wants but this is the reaction he's going to get. Well, the timing of it all is really, really late night on a well. Friday. Yes, that's late not night the on a best Friday. time to tweet. And within a week of when the NCAA concludes their appeal investigation, thus vacating 47 wins from Dave Rose because of Nick Emery. So just yeah, the timing right. of it all, the the emotions of it. Like I, I honestly thought it was. I thought he got hacked. At first, I thought it was a joke at first. I'm like, did somebody like get onto Nick Emery's Twitter account and send this out? This can't be real. This can't be real. But then it got deleted, and then he responded, and I thought, oh, my goodness. Like, he re- he really did this. And he really feels that, and he has the prerogative to express that. The ramifications of that are that's not going to be met kindly by BYU fans, right? No. And, and, it, so, and it so wasn't. That, so that's what you get if you send that out, right? He can totally send that out. He has every right to. But you kind of burn it. Like, I, I don't feel like Nick Emery can show up to BYU and be welcomed with open arms. I, th- I thought he might have still been, even with the sanctions, which were his fault. Oh, I think, but after I think this, people it's had tough. They had given it's him tough. largely the benefit of the doubt, speaking of BYU right. fans. And some have not, but some still were. And, and I probably was. But after this, I'm like, wait, why, why are you burning this bridge with BYU? I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, and he came in studio with us and the next talk, day. talked about why he was leaving the program, and mm-hmm. I, I thought that was a good look for him. Yes, he was, he was talking, but obviously something happened between this staff and him that uh, hasn't been explained uh, is the reason he's so upset. Here's what I will say. I, I wish nothing but the best for Nick Emery. I, I want him to get to a place where he's happy and that this can become a non-issue, and I thought he was, I thought he was already well down that road. Something but, happened, and, and it, something and happened. it boiled up again. Snap the emotion. Mm-hmm. Emotional tweeting is typically never a good thing. Yeah. It just isn't. All right. So enough with the uh, Emory situation. We've had our say. We appreciate your tweets, and uh, I, I know you wanted to. Uh, so we, we went there. We're done, and uh, now we move on. Okay, coming up, going for two picks, plus your chance to win a BYU helmet signed by Kalani Satake. Yes. Jerem, did you take a lead for the first time in a while? Why'd you say it first time in a while? <laughs> this is BYU what? Sports what is that? Wait, what is that? What is that? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We are giving away a BYU helmet signed by head coach Kalani Satake this Saturday on Countdown to Kickoff. Visit the BYU TV Sports BYU Sports Nation and BYU TV Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages and follow the instructions on the post of your chance to win. Here it is. It's got the royal face mask, the royal trim and stickers. So sharp. This thing's nice. We've looked into the legalese, and unfortunately, we can't win it either. So it's going to go to one of you. Uh, We're going to give it out on Countdown to Kickoff Saturday. Cannot wait. Not signed yet. We'll sign it tomorrow night with Kalani Stocke on his uh, coach's show. This is really nice. I will happily admire this the rest of the show. <laughs> yes, thou shalt not covet. Sorry, I'm breaking that <laughs> commandment hard right now. It's time to include all of you across BYU Sports Nation live in today's show. Go to vote.byutv.org and cast your vote on the MVP of the game against Tennessee. Who's the MVP? Several 
several nominees here, including Micah Simon, of course, Mm -hmm. had his career game, seven catches on seven targets, 127 yards. The Micah miracle, Simon says win. Tyson Williams, 92 yards rushing, two touchdowns, including the game winner in SEC country. And Jake Oldroyd, who still hasn't missed a field goal all season and was booming punts again. He's incredible. He's incredible. The the real fan, uh, the real MVP was the fans. I I thought uh, that was an incredible showing. Okay, awesome. so the fan, the fans. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it was. There were lots crazy. of MVPs. They were so loud. Yeah. They were so loud. That so stadium good. is super loud, and the BYU fans were heard. Micah Simon, Tyson Williams, or Jake Oldroyd? Right now, it is Jake Oldroyd holding a slight lead. Now Tyson Williams moving it's, it's in like, front, fifty-one percent. Imagine that if there were ten or twelve options, that'd be calling a, a horse race. <laughs> That's what that'd be like. <laughs> Down the stretch they come. Vote. Oldroyd takes the lead. <laughs> Vote.byutv.org. <laughs> Following the game, about an hour after it concluded, I had a chance to talk with BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. It was that long? It felt like it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Maybe not a full hour, but it it was close to. I had a chance to talk to him about his first Power 5 victory. Another road Power 5 victory for BYU, the play, and throwing the ball at my head. Here's that conversation. At this point, I'm sure you've uh, you've had a chance to calm down a little bit, but um, now, now that you've had a chance to soak it in, what what do you think of this this win at Rocky Top? Oh, it's crazy, man! Uh, emotions so high, so many big plays, so many things that could have gone one one way or the other. So many things could have gone one way or the other. Under a minute to play, it seemed like you're in almost hopeless circumstances, and then you find Micah Simon wide open. What happened on that play? How did it develop, and what did you see? Yeah. Um, you know, I think we actually ran the wrong play. I saw, like, one signal on the sideline. Um, you know, I, I don't think the guys on the other half got the other half. I didn't know who was tagged. Um, they didn't get protection either. I saw one thing. I was like, you know what? I'm going to have some time. Guys are going to bail. I'm just going to scan the field. I knew Micah had a vert to, my, to the boundary. Saw the safeties run into the field. And I was like, you know what? He might run by the corner. And all of a sudden, the corner just fell off and just let Micah go down the, down the, the, the sideline and threw it out there and it kind of just flashed before my eyes like super quick and I was like no way like is this happening like he's running down the sideline like we're moving the ball so it was a great play by him um, good execution in those hard circumstances by our team man I'm I'm happy and proud of those guys for battling it through I know this is a gratifying win for a number of reasons but it was so loud there was a lot of adversity a lot of noise how did you overcome all of this overcome the adversity what what did this team do to you know, get the win in what seemed like an impossible situation at times. Yeah, man, we had some tough situations early in that first half, just just beating ourselves up because of how loud it was in here. I mean, we had so many, you know, snap issues of not being able to hear, um, taking forever to get the plays going because guys couldn't hear me. And so <laughs> we had to adjust on the fly. We had to we had to try and put it into a new cadence halfway through the game. And, and you know, we went into half them kind of just saying, you know what, we fixed our issues. Now we know what we're capable of, and we're going to go out there with confidence and, and just play ball. So... The, on the game-winning play, you hand off to Tyson, and it kind of is this big jumble. What, what did you see from your perspective? Shoot, I was thinking about every sort of play that could have happened there. I was thinking about throwing the slant to the, to the field, um, bailing corner. I was thinking about what I could have done. Um, but that dude was running hard, man. The O-line was pushing. And so, you know, in that situation, I was like, you know what? We got the momentum on our side. I'm going to give him the ball, and I'm just going to let him, him push the pile. And I saw, you know, slowly him staying on his feet. Um, guys working to keep him up and just, just keep that pile moving, man. It was cool. When did the momentum shift back in BYU's favor for good in overtime? 
Yeah, I mean, after that big play and, uh, you know, we had made the field goal going into overtime, you know what, we were like, hey, we, we, we just did something that shouldn't have happened. We got to finish it now. And so I really think the momentum kind of flipped on us there. And we had a lot of confidence going in on that first overtime. Like, you know what, we're going to score right here. Like, this is going to be easy drive for us. We're going to score. So uh, that was when I felt like the momentum really, really switched with us. How would you rate your overall performance here tonight at Tennessee? Man, it was all right. Uh, I would have to go back and watch the tape. I know the guys around me balled out. Guys made some, you know, some heck of a play. Like tons of good plays all over the place. Um, you know, I'm so proud of these guys, man. But I can't wait to go back and watch the film. Always, always stuff that I can improve on and things I can do better on. Okay, this is random, but I got to bring back something that happened in pregame. I already know okay. you're gonna say. <laughs> I'm standing here minding my own business. A ball comes flying in and takes out our lights, misses my head by this much. So I'm wondering, did I make Zach mad about something? What what happened there? Well, I was looking over here, and I saw you, like, turn and, like, put your hands up, and I thought you wanted me to throw it to you. And then you turned away, and I was like, oh, my gosh, he's not even looking. And so I was like, I, I guess he didn't want me to throw it to him. So I don't know. <laughs> Sorry about that, man. I guess it's, it's my bad. Yeah. I'll, I'll catch it next time, all right? We, we'll do this, whether it's USC or Washington, whatever. On the, on the road, I'll make sure I can. You'll be ready next time. Cool. Zach, congratulations. Uh, I'm sure you feel like you aged a lot in this game. Um, but if there's one thing that you take away from this game, what is it? Yeah, just the, the, the fight that these guys have on our team, man. I mean, no one, no one gave up. And, you know, even when things weren't going our, well, going our way and we had some stalled drives, you know, everyone's on the sidelines smiling. And, and you know what? Hey, we're going to get it going, man. Like, there was, there was adversity, and, and the guys really were there to overcome it. And we, we knew what we were capable of. And I'm just proud of those guys from battling, battling through it all. Zach, congratulations, man. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Zach Wilson, <laughs> following the Tennessee game. Your thumbs up back to him. Okay, I see you. I see you. Both he and Jaron were just like unfazed, like got to warm up, got to yeah, warm up. Yeah, what? If you overthrow Jaron Hall, that's quite the overthrow. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> Coming up, oh, the so video, good. in case you missed it or you want to see it again, of Zach Dot throwing Jarrett Garantano's shoe that went viral. Uh-huh. And 13th <laughs> ranked BYU women's volleyball did some work over the weekend. We haven't even mentioned that. Oh, they must have won. We didn't mention it. All part of the whip. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. Did they sweep? Shout out to today's guest, ESPN's Trevor Maddox and BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. We'll get to going for two picks tomorrow. I took the lead. No time. <laughs> nope, no gratification today. <laughs> oh, I feel it. No, it's all good. Show's on demand via the podcast, BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. BYU beats Tennessee at Rocky Top 29-26 in double OT, an instant classic. The Cougars' fourth Power 5 road win the last four seasons. How about that? BYU hosts number 24 USC, newly ranked, Saturday. Uh, countdown to kickoff 2.30 Eastern on ABC. Uh, BYU TV, of course, for the pregame. We now know the Washington game time as well. Same time, 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific as well on ABC, ESPN, or ESPN2. Cougars in the NFL. Fred Warner led the San Francisco 49ers with Fred. nine tackles and a forced fumble. And a 31-17 Niners win over the Bucks. Bronson Kafusi had a tackle and Harvey Longy had a pass deflection that led to an interception. In a 17-16 New York JTS Jets, Jets, Jets lost to the Buffalo Bills. And congratulations to the Kyle and Marissa Van Noys for the birth of their first child, uh, which caused Kyle to miss the game last night. Worth it. Trey Legend Van Noy. Everyone's doing great, apparently. Daniel Sorensen had a tackle in a 40-26 Kansas City Chiefs win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Michael Davis left the Los Angeles Chargers game with a hamstring injury after the first series in a win against the Colts. We should mention Sione Takitaki was inactive for the game with an injury as well for the Browns. That's why the Browns lost. That's why. Yeah, something yeah. like that. And Taysom Hill and the Saints host the Texans in Monday Night Football tonight, 7-10 Eastern Time. 
Soccer. Number 10, BYU, shuts out Utah 2-0 on Friday night. Elise Flake had the game winner in the 20th minute. Cameron Tucker also scored to extend BYU's lead over the Utes. And Sabrina Davis had four big saves for the Cougars. BYU hosts another top 15 team, Texas A&M, Thursday live on BYU TV. Volleyball. 5,000 people showed up, by the way. Oh, it was so, so It was so awesome. Number 13, BYU Women's Volleyball swept Weber State on Saturday in the BYU doTERRA Classic. McKenna Miller led the team with game-high 11 kills and ace and nine digs. Heather Knighting and Taylin Ballard-Nixon had eight kills each. Brendan Sander and the U.S. Men's Volleyball Team take silver at the Norseka Championships after losing to Cuba in four sets. In the championship match, Sander had five kills, one block, and one ace in the match. Today's rise and shout-outs now, and we're going collective to all of the fans that showed up in Knoxville, we have heard as many as 13,000 mm. made their way to Neyland Stadium. Here are some images on BYU TV from the tailgate party. 5,000 tickets sold to that. That's when I knew it was going to be a special day when there were 5,000 tickets sold. And we interacted with everyone involved there in Nashville. They were amazing. So awesome. This was one of the greatest BYU fan turnouts at a game in history. Incredible. In history. I mean, it was Awesome, and they had an impact on that game, I think. Yeah. I really feel that. Seth Killingbeck, who is uh, the alumni chair, I just did an incredible job organizing yeah. all of that. Awesome. Uh, also, Rice, shout-out to Zach Daw for throwing Jarrett Garantano's shoe after a play during the game. This is, this is not the greatest move <laughs> in the world, but it was hilarious. It went viral. At first, I thought it was like a sleeve or something. No, <laughs> it's his shoe, and that's not cool. He didn't get a penalty. How did he not? That should be a penalty. <laughs> I don't know. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Hilarious. then Derwin Gray yesterday comes out to, he's a pastor, comes out to preach at his church and boom, he's got the, uh, he's repping the Y. He's, oh, he had orange he on had first. He had orange on first. And then, and then, he's, then he's, he's got, got the, the stretch y. y royal blue got underneath. Him. Uh-huh. Got him. Uh-huh. That's Love how it. you preach the gospel. Preach, brother. <laughs> Love it. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Where does the Wilson assignment play rank among the great BYU football plays of all time? At Nick Lee, 51 on Twitter. Second only to the Hail Mary at Nebraska in the Indy era. Being there, it was like Micah Simon had a staff and parted in Orange Sea and made magic happen. Easily one of the most improbable moments of the decade. Had to have it in that moment, and BYU got it. I'm telling you, if, if BYU doesn't get a chunk play there of some kind, they're toast. Not only was it that, you get in, you spike it. Field goal unit runs out. BYU has no timeouts. Boom. Clutch play. Clutch. Well, and I said 99.6% chance Tennessee would win. At one point on that drive, First it was, and 18, it was 99. 99.9% chance. Sorry to Dennis Pitt. I ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUS. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Irvin Lee. See you tomorrow for BYU Sports Nation. Hey, Zach Daw, where's that shoe, bro? Coordinator's Corner is next with Greg Rebell. Don't go anywhere.